Welcome to Courage for Pain podcast. I'm Becky Curtis, chronic pain survivor, CEO, and founder of Take Courage Coaching, where we empower people to escape the grip of pain. Today in episode number one, we are going to talk with Joanne. She's a nurse practitioner and caretaker who suffered with pelvic pain for over 20 years. Welcome, Joanne. Hi. Um, I just would like to hear your story. Where were you um, in your chronic pain journey before you came to Take Courage Coaching? We'd like to hear your story on that. Certainly. I was seeing my patient load. I was doing my job. I was managing a household and I was having a lot of GYN pelvic pain myself. I made some choices to have surgery and because of complications, I ended up in three different hospitals and the last one was Presbyterian St. Luke, I guess, in Chicago. There I started a long long, long time with pelvic floor physical therapy, um, vaginal and rectal. And it was an hour and a half from my house was where I found the physical therapist that actually knew how to do what I needed. And that was 10 years. And it was uh, driving an hour and a half one way for one hour of internal physical therapy and back home an hour and a half. And I did that three times a week for many, many years and then twice a week and then once a week. So it was a total of more than 10 years. And I also had prescriptions for pain medicine and the medication numbed it maybe, but didn't really work and actually made me feel terrible. Okay. So you were doing things about it, but you weren't really making the progress that you wanted to make. And that was about a 10 year journey. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. So tell me a little bit about how you found Take Courage Coaching and how you felt about finding it when you first started. I was having a particularly difficult day and having a lot of pain and I had lots and lots of responsibility and I had to function and I was talking to my oldest daughter and she had been a friend for many years of of one Becky Curtis. <laughs> and she shared with me your program. And I, you know, I was reluctant at first. And she said, for goodness, mom, you've done everything else. You've tried, you've been there, done that. How about this one? And so I said, okay. And I called Becky and Becky thought I would be a good candidate for the program. Um, I was hesitant because all of the work that you needed to do in this program, I actually had, as taking care of female patients, I did a lot of counseling myself. And I thought, well, you know, I know this. (laughs) Well, I knew this for other people. Okay. They didn't do this for myself. And Becky picked coach for me that I had met my match. She (laughs) She was wonderful and tough. And it was a, the whole program was a great experience for me. She was a good match for you, wasn't she? Yes. She was. was. I picked her because she was, she was from your part of the country. And uh, I think you both had the same time zone. And I thought that might be 
good and I knew you and I knew her and I thought that might be a good match. So I, I was so same happy accent. to hear that it was. Yes. Same accents. Yes, same accents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the group the group that I was in was really interesting. And you know when you when you start to work the program, each time it just fits better. It mm-hmm. fits in it and, and sharing it in a group was good. And and it was a non-medical group. So I actually felt that I needed this information, that I wasn't in the group because I was an advanced nurse practitioner. I was in the group because I too had pain and was struggling. So can you tell us a little bit about the program, what it felt like to come in as an outsider, how it's structured, how you get hooked up with the coach, what the group is all about from your perspective? Well, yes. And, And I'll just set the stage a little bit. When I joined the group was the very next day after I drove four and a half hours to find my 90-year-old-plus 90 parents ill. Oh. And my very first interview or uh, meeting with my coach was done in a closet in the hospital. Oh, That was the only private place. And at, and at first I was thinking, what a bother. And, and yet as she talked and as she drew me in, I could see that I had been neglecting myself quite a bit. And I, I needed to be part of a group where I was not providing the care. Mm. I, I was part of a group looking to care for yourself. Okay. And, and I found that to be troublesome at first, but freeing as I went along because okay. I, I I lost my arrogance as a caregiver and that I didn't need help oh. and became grateful that I was part of a program that works if you work. So it sounds to me like you sound you started out just like all the rest of us pretty skeptical. <laughs> How is talking to somebody going to help my real pain? And what in the world am I going to learn? I'm already a medical provider. I already know these things. I've taught these tools to other people, and I certainly don't need to learn this. So that's a very common way um, that those of us with chronic pain start. I I started in that same place. Like, how is talking to somebody going to help my real pain? Well, it wasn't just the talking, but the coach was able to find your points of resistance and then make you aware of that and see how that was, how you had become, your your talk, your thoughts had become uh, pain. Mm-hmm. And I loved the reframing part of it because I saw how I needed to change my talking, my thinking, mm-hmm. and I saw that I wasn't doing myself any favors by staying in the in the old rut and by setting goals, mm-hmm. realistic ones, mm-hmm. and that were measurable, and that using the toolboxes, that the toolbox with all our little stuff in it, I became more gentle with myself. I became more aware of some of my bad speech to myself. And at the same time, Becky, I had two very ill parents 
in a nursing home about five minutes from my house and a husband with Alzheimer's and dementia. And I had to function and not feel sorry for myself, but function with gratitude and acceptance and just pure and joy. So how did you manage that? I love the words, gratitude, acceptance, and joy. Can you tell me a little bit about how you came to the place of gratitude and acceptance? Because those are often some of the most difficult pieces, but one of the most important pieces of really being a self-manager of our experience of pain. It took a while, Becky. It It wasn't day one. It was through the program. My coach did not give me an inch. I mean, when I started to whine, I feel sorry for myself. (laughs) She was right there. And (laughs) she just, you know, and and, and if I tried to sink or turn to the little nursing mode to defend my, my, my whining, she just caught me. She just wouldn't, she wouldn't have it. And it was a, it was, it was great actually. Okay. I I really trusted her instincts. And towards the end of the pro a year in the program went quick. I mean, to tell you, I thought it would last forever and go on and on, (laughs) you know, and I had to make sure I was there for the phone call and I was there for the meet. And after a while, you look forward to both of them both your private time and then your group time. And as I went through it, and of course, at the same time, I'm taking care for people that I love dearly. I, all of a sudden, it was like, wow, I wasn't taking any medication, um, except for one, one, one medicine that was ordered for, um, you know, an irritable bladder, but, and only, and only at bedtime. The four times a day was gone. It was once a day. Wow. Uh, and I didn't take anything over the counter for pain. Not that I didn't have pain, but I think the pain did not control, was not the overlying part of my day. Okay. I was, my day now slowly became the, the joy of being able to be with my parents the gratitude that I still had them, my energy to take care of my husband. And I wasn't feeling put upon. I wasn't. One of the things that I had to really work on with my coach was resentment. Okay. And I was not aware that I was resentful. I, it was a very um, enlightening um you know, oh, pitiful pearl, oh, woe with me. It wasn't that obvious. Hmm. But the pain kind of, uh, uh, I, uh, I was, the pain kind of kept me resentful. Look at me, I'm in pain, and look what I have to do. Hmm. And, and that kind of absolved as you appreciated, this is your body. This is the only one you got. It's got some, it's got some you know, issues going on. But you're here to take care of that, too. So you're this great nurse. You're taking care of your parents, and you're doing a good job with that. Of course, they were in a personal care setting, so it wasn't 24-7. But 24-7 with your husband, and all of a sudden it was, hey, 
I can do this and take care of the fourth person in the formula. There wasn't three people. There were four of us. There were four. <laughs> and the coach and the program, um, again, the reframing, the setting boundary, which you, you don't do very often when you're a healthcare provider, and all the stuff in my toolbox, the goal setting, the, the reframing, the... Um, all of those things that I could gather together and use for myself was great. And I, I'm out of the program. How long have I been out of the program? I'm not quite sure. But it was the best year. And if I hadn't had it, I'm not sure that I would have done as well for the people that needed me to be well. Wow. And the joy I had taking care of them. Uh, if you're following what I'm saying. I am following very well what you're saying. I'm wondering if you, you've mentioned the word reframing several times. That may be a new term to some people. Would you be willing to give us an example of, say, a thought that you had that you didn't even know you were having and, and maybe your coach pointed it out and helped reframe it? Or maybe some thoughts now that you reframe um, and give us... Give us a concrete example of what reframing looks like in your experience. Well, I learned that reframing um, through the program, it's the way you interpret um, a happening, for example. Mm -hmm. And you've got the reality. You've got your reality. Somebody's got another reality. Somebody, whatever. But sometimes what you're thinking in your head isn't really what the issue is. Okay. You make a choice how you're going to think about something. Okay. So Do you have an example? Yeah. Here's, here, here's one. Okay. I am in so much pain today. I do not, I, this is just not going to be a good day. And, and look at all that I have to do. Now, that may have really been the reality, <laughs> but... You reframe it and you go and you say and you think, okay, you know, I have pain, mm -hmm. but is it really causing such dysfunction or is it really stopping you from doing what you want? Hmm. Well, not really. I can do this. I can do the other thing. And the pain really isn't stopping me. It's, it's how I'm looking at it. Okay. And so you reframe it and say, okay, so I'm not good. And, and then again, here's your choices. You're bringing in your goals mm -hmm. and you're bringing in your, your ways of thinking to heal. So instead of me, who is an, you know, a very type A personality and pretty compulsive and obsessive, um, I was going to do A, B, C, D, E, and F today. And it was going to get done. <laughs> okay, so I look, I go, ah, all right. So, so what about if you just think about A and B and get that done? And while you're doing that, you're thinking of uh, how healing it is to be functional and that you're not, and how good it is not to be whining about the pain. And then, hey, the pain didn't stop me. So you reframed the whole thing. You looked at it differently. You set your goals different. 
And by the way, C, D, and E will be there tomorrow. <laughs> you don't really have to do it today. And then you had healing thoughts. And, then, mm. and you kind of avoided the negative. So what does reframing do for your actual pain? Does it, do you notice any difference or is there in your, when you're reframing things in a positive way, is there, is there a difference? Yeah, um, it affects, well, we learned in the program that it affects your brain and your brain is what is interpreting your pain level because you have a neuromuscular conversation going on all the time. And that's going to be there, but it's your brain that helps you become less frightened. You choose not to be frightened by the brain, Mm -hmm. by the pain. I'm sorry. You just become more aware that you can make choices about the pain you have and how it's affecting your function. So tell me a little bit about your group. I was one of four. And they came from different backgrounds and different parts of the country. And that was a little bit tough because of the time change. Oh, right. And there was one male, two females, and myself. So there was, the poor guy was one fellow in with three women. We and have some groups that are all guys, but not no. that one. <laughs> and all with different reasons for pain and all with different family settings Mm -hmm. that they had to function in with their pain. All of us had goals to be functional in our family setting and work settings and different age groups. I think I was the old lady of the group. (laughs) And (laughs) I tried not to be, you know, old lady pushy. Uh, one was a nurse who was trying very hard to complete studies and, and the pain she dealt with really interfered. The fellow was very outdoorsy and the pain that he was dealing with interfered with his love of the outdoors and his being very fit Mm -hmm. to be outdoors. And then one young lady who really had to function in a very difficult situation. And and then there was me. And I was this overachieving, you know, had to do this, this, and this, and had to get done, and it had to be perfect. And, and, and I also was in pain. And it was very interesting and enlightening And you become very empathetic and you realize you're not the only one dealing with this. Mm -hmm. And you saw how I saw how they all, how they were trying to cope. Some did it better than others. And on some days, some were better than they were last week or some, you know. Mm-hmm. And then there were issues in the family that affected. Um, you had a lot going on in your family. Yeah. And you learned, um, you, you, you learned from each other. And it was very empathetic and very, very sharing. And it was sharing. You never saw your, each other's face. You, you didn't 
other the the thing that linked us was pain mm-hmm. and our coach. And she did it just remarkably well. <laughs> and it was great to feel like one of the group and to feel like uh, a person in need. And it wasn't embarrassing to be in need. In this group, we all were dealing with pain. And it was for me, the first time in a long time, I was in a group and not a nurse. And I could feel and talk and learn from a a very personal place. And um, it was great. And I just appreciated, that's, that's the truth. I had, I appreciated the group. I appreciated my coach. Um, and then. As you were, as you were planning your work, can you tell me what your typical day looks like and what kinds of things on a daily or weekly or monthly basis that you pull out of your Take Courage coaching toolbox and use um, in your journey with chronic pain? Nowadays, mm-hmm. uh, my parents are uh, have since passed away. And so for a long time, that spaces of my day made me feel like I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't going. So I had a lot of adjusting to that. And I noticed that letting my let not using my tools made my pain more obvious. And so I had to go back to the toolbox and look at some of the issues. And instead of looking outward, look inward, go back to reframing and rethinking and not being negative about the grief that I was feeling, letting the grief be real. And yet I had to keep rethinking and reframing the joy I had while I had them instead of the negative thoughts, look what I've lost because mm. that made the pain worse. And so, so yeah, keeping I it on the positive, it sounds like right. that's one of your most um, useful tools. Yes. And setting goals that were real. And when you're tired, instead of saying, oh, you know, too bad, we didn't finish <laughs> this. You have to do this and get this done. I've been able to say, take a break. It's okay. You can, you know, it'll be there tomorrow. You just need to give yourself a break. And I, and I do. And it's very helpful to be a, the other big, big thing in my toolbox is to be in the moment. Okay. And I would say that overrides my day. That is. I am in the moment, so I've been able to can, um, put food up. I'm part of a co-op farm. Now, I don't want you to think I'm out there farming. <laughs> I just pay. I, I, I pay my part, and then I every week I pick up my vegetables, and I get to put up food, which is very peaceful and calming for me. And I, I find that to do things for yourself that make you happy and be in the moment and enjoy that 
And I never used to do that. I used to always be, what's the next thing I have to do? And of course, if your pain is overriding you, it's a fight you're having between your brain and your body. And now I don't have that very often. I'm not saying You're not fighting your body. You're listening to your body and being kind to yourself and giving yourself grace when you get tired or when you only get two things done instead of 10 things. Exactly. And then I don't beat myself up for it. Right. Like, wow, look at how nice you were to yourself today. So you're keeping yourself out of fight or flight when you do all of this because. Oh, absolutely. And I know the difference. It's something like we're out of water. (laughs) I told you that. And so the, the spring dried up out here in the country. And I'll, I'll tell you what, my first reaction, that, that fight or flight and anger, and then, oh, and the wash, and there was food in the dishes, in the dishwasher, and there was laundry, and it winds you up so tight, and then, oh, here it is, hello, pain. <laughs> I haven't seen you for a while. Yeah. Oh my gosh, here you are. Oh, my neck hurt. My shoulder was out of whack. I couldn't stand the back. I had pelvic pain. My left knee hurt. It was like it was like opening a door and giving all that crap a place to be. But isn't it isn't that amazing? Those were all just thoughts. Yes. Those are all just from thoughts in your head. That to me it's just so amazing. The power of our brain, either direction. Yeah. And actually today I was able to deal with it and it it was like, hey, here's this kid from New York. You know, here's this Long Islander, here's this city kid who I never had to deal with with uh uh you know, springs and no water. And here I was today, I put it, I put this together in such a way that (laughs) it was great. I just stopped all that tension and stress because it didn't, you know, wasn't going to bring back the water. So it sounds to me like you have quite a nice toolbox full of things like boundaries, gratitude, joy, acceptance, reframing. Goal setting. Goal setting, listening to your body, being okay when things are, um, even when they're chaotic, you don't have to be. No, and the mindfulness. Hey, you know, know, just because I wasn't raised in the country doesn't mean that I can't figure this out. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me, what would you tell someone who's trying to decide they say they've had pain for a really long time and they're trying to decide whether this is something that would be helpful to them or not. What would you, what would you say to them or even to yourself on day one? Maybe that would be a better thing. What would you say to Joanne two years ago before you started this? Uh, Listen to your daughter. You know, (laughs) that would have been if I was talking to myself, my daughter had a, And it was, when I think of it, it was loving and kind, and she knew I might be resistive, and yet she really gave me something, some program, some something that I really could, if I, if I wasn't arrogant, if I opened up, if I really was honest about my need, 
that I really needed the help with the pain, that I was tired from dealing with it for years. And I wasn't going to stop doing what I needed to do, but I had to take care of myself. And she really, really made that point and drove it home. If I had said this to myself years ago when I did the program, you know, get off your high horse. You don't know everything. You can stop being a nurse. Stop being a nurse. No, wait a minute. I'm going to say that different. You know, you're such a good nurse. Why don't you be a good nurse for yourself? Mm, Beautiful. And I, maybe I would have grabbed a hold of the program a little bit earlier on because my coach might say she was a little bit tough and she, (laughs) she went yelling and screaming into the program and you know, maybe I could have saved some weeks there if I had <laughs> accepted. I would say to anybody who wanted to manage their pain, not through the fog of, of drugs so much, but people who wanted to manage their own pain and hopefully be, use less drugs, be more aware of their day and what they could do in a day, this program gives you the tool, allows you to develop, to use the tool, Mm -hmm. to be able to manage your pain, and then be damn proud of yourself because you could, and you did, and it works. And I'm here to tell you it works, and it keeps working. It, It didn't stop when the program was over. It keeps working. Well, because you're you're continuing to pull those tools out of your toolbox. And, you know, a lot of people say a year long, that's a long time. But remember, you'd had pain for a whole long time. How many years did you say? Ten? Oh, well, that, no. Oh, ten years in personal, in physical therapy. Oh, right. Okay. And I would say we were talking about pain probably 20 years or more Okay. Um, by the time I got, because it took me time to get to decide on surgery. And mm-hmm. then, so it was a long, it was a long haul, a very long haul. In it fact, I'm many people. Um, it is, it is for many people. And that's why we've already tried all the quick fixes. So yeah. now we need to try something, something different. And And a year, a year sounds like a long time, but I was sorry the year was over. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I, it was like saying goodbye to, you know, people in your dorm or people you worked with. And, and, um, I miss my coach. I miss my coach. Um, yeah, a year might not have, (laughs) I'm not going to say a year isn't long enough. But you've got to be willing to work on it after the year is over. Right. Continue the patterns and the and the habits that you made during the year. That's one reason why it's a year long. So you can make habits, not just something quick. Oh, yeah, I learned about that, but I didn't really apply it. And so we want oh, there to be time for you to apply it. Yeah. I, I can't believe our time has gone by so fast. Our Our time is just about over. Um, but I'm wondering, is there any, any last thing you'd like to say before we end this episode? 
Well, I guess what you just said about lending your courage until you get some of your own. I didn't think of it that way, but when my daughter told me about your story and said, Mom, if Becky can do this, <laughs> Mom, you can do this. <laughs> and you hit it on the head. I was lent the courage by you all to do what I had to do till I had a good handle on my own courage. And I never saw it that way. And I'm glad you put it that way because I am in control. I do manage my pain. I am better for it. And I appreciate the program. I am grateful for the program. And I am joyful for the program. And I would suggest that people listen to the stories and never say, well, it worked for her, but it wouldn't work for me or him. Because then you've closed, you've closed off your opportunity. Right. It's an opportunity that um, changes, changed my life. And I would hate for somebody not to take the opportunity to change their life and manage their own pain. Well, it's just been a joy having you on the podcast today, Joanne. And I thank you so much for sharing your story. And I know it's going to give somebody the courage that they need to change their story as well. So thank you very much. You're very welcome. Have a great day. You too. Please don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Always check with your healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I really look forward to talking to you next time, Courageous Survivors, where we will hear another story of hope.